Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist by kineticist and coach. And I'm a co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run. Through our shared knowledge and experience, we unpack the fascinating topic of running. We speak to coaches, athletes, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to help you improve your running. And ensure that you enjoy every step of the way, wherever the road or trail may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. I usually like to surprise myself with races. I don't like to know that <laughs> I've got it coming. Like, <laughs> the week of. Guess what, Jordy? So, so it was right up my alley. I saw <laughs> this thing. It was a, a last man standing race. I mean, running is a universal language, but in those areas, it's it's a it's a different feel. It's a it religion. <laughs> exactly. So last year, I went up to Kenya for three weeks. It was one of my dreams to kind of go up to those high altitude running towns of Aten and Eldoret. And it was amazing. Um, running is so deeply rooted in their culture, but the way they run is quite different. You know, the thing that keeps me coming back to running is just weekend runs, mountain missions with friends, um, oh, meeting people, meeting people at races. And, and there's such brilliant people out there that it's such a cool community. You meet people once at a race and you chat to them over and over. And before you know it, you're going for, for missions on weekends with yeah. them. Hey Nick, did you know that it's a cool idea to eat a nutritious diet packed with loads of fiber? Oh yeah? Yeah, you should Google it using Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions. I hear they've been voted number one internet service provider for customer service. Yeah, and you'll get hold of them faster than the fiber can work through your system. Nicola! Davide! How are you my friend? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. How are you? I am also, I'm, I'm doing a lot better, getting into that stride, kicking hey. kicking your ass at a hey. few, uh, Look few at speed that, sessions hey. last week, even though I, I've been told that you had a, no, it's fine. a root canal <laughs> and that you're not sleeping, but I'll take the W's where I can get them, eh? Davey, I thought you said it's not about winning. It's always about winning, Nick. Always. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we get into running for different reasons, I guess. And um, they, they, some people get into running just just to run crazy things, very, very stupid <laughs> things that we cannot advise to so, to many of our listeners. But it's the beauty of running. I think, like I, I do, touch point on on this uh, on this episode about how, how how capable our body is of just covering distances. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean. <laughs> Listen, I don't think we're all built for it. I, I think uh, for some people, 10Ks might be the distance. For some, 20. For some, 90. For some, 160. For some, 200 plus. Mm. So I think everybody's built different. But uh, the the two guests that we have on the show, Andrew Erasmus and Jordan Lepin, they, they are built different uh, because they are extreme ultra distance runners. Andrew, Andrew specializes in 100 miles. Uh, Jordi specializes in coming out of the woodworks every so often and just doing something really stupid. He's an endurance machine. He, he, is. he is a doctor. He, he goes by a sporty doctor. <laughs> he does, does a whole bunch of things. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about running adventures and the, the shared experiences that we've had with the t- these two individuals. It's a crazy story, really. The Summit SA, which was... Uh, it's the, not the lowest point in South Africa... Yeah, it wasn't a race, but it was uh, it was something that was organized by Solomon and sort of pushed these individuals into doing what we as road runners define pretty crazy and uh, stupid. From, so <laughs> yes, stupid in one way, but 
we're all we're all our own type of stupid on the road. Yeah. So guys, this this episode is for anyone that is interested in finding a community around running, finding a, a purpose behind running greater than just a running a race or covering a certain distance, about sharing an experience of doing something something great. And I think there, there's lots to learn from this podcast coming up. And, so, and also for anybody that's wanting to, you know, push their body and do something that, you know, out of, out of the norm, um, I, I think Andrew and Jordi really, really encouraged me to, you know, I'm a roadrunner at heart, and when I when I listen to them, something something about it just makes me want to step out onto the trail. So if, sure. if you're looking for your next adventure, um, this will this will really tickle your fancy. Might, might get some of you to sign up for a race, or, or really do something you know exciting. So it's something that really really got my brain ticking. Yeah, what defines a running adventure, Davy? <laughs> well, as as you'll hear from Andrew, um, I I quite agree with Andrew. A running adventure is being out there. A with a nice community, um, your friends, and and building building bonds in in quite uh, volatile situations, and then also for me, quite fundamentally, is you know pushing yourself to a level or to to that next gear that you didn't know you had, getting out of your comfort zone. That for me is is a real running adventure. There we go, guys. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show with Jordy and Andrew, and we'll chat to you guys soon. Enjoy, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much for for joining us, Andrew and Jordy. I'm very excited for this episode, Nick. We yeah. finally have two very good friends in the yeah. studio. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been something that we've been wanting to do for a while, and uh, we've, we've just been wanting one of them to do something really epic. So they they've both done many <laughs> epic things in the last in the last little bit, but uh, we're going to get on to that. But just want to welcome you guys to the show, and thank you for making the time for being here today. Yeah, shot, bro. Finally on the show. Eh? It's been a while. You yeah, keep talking about <laughs> yeah. it. We just never get the invite. Eh? <laughs> Andrew's a running partner, so he's uh, he's there on the sidelines. He's pushing us on to do this, and uh, he's finally on here. We just wanted to see how you would do at that hundred mile, my boy. Yeah, not well enough. Eh? <laughs> well, maybe that that's the story that we want to break to the world. <laughs> and and Jordy, tell tell us a little bit about your background, bro. You you a little bit quiet there in the corner. I think I'm taking my first retirement at the moment. I've been <laughs> a bit of a two-year sabbatical. Technically been studying again, but mostly just been playing and um, getting up to a few adventures. And Tell us, bro, what are you studying? I'm studying sports medicine. Uh-huh. So that means you studied medicine. So I studied medicine. How long was that? That was six years. Oh, nice and short. Yep. And then I did... Dr. Jordy. That's it. Nah, damn straight. <laughs> and then two years of internship in Utenag, and then a year of community service out at... Uh, Untunjambili Hospital near Kranzkop, KZN. Sheesh. I don't know, I don't know where all of those places are. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I started studying again in sports medicine. That was two years ago and almost finished now. The paper is soon to be released. Oh, really? So um, you, you, you're on the verge of finding out. Yeah. And what's, uh, where does that take you next? I mean, what's the plan after you get that result? Well, I'm planning to go work on the cruise ships as a doctor Okay. next nice. month. Um, so not really in the sports medicine field at the moment, but it's been a dream nonetheless that I've wanted to do. So I'm excited that it's finally come through. It's been quite a process. Started in March this year with all the application and then the interview process. So yeah, I'm excited. And it feels a bit surreal. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's uh, it's it's a hell of a journey that you've been on to to get all these these degrees and certifications and 
you know, it's it's only just a start. It's crazy to think about it that way. But I guess that's that's one way to think about ultra trail running. Hey, it's it's something that doesn't happen overnight, guys. So I think your doctorate journey is a direct comparison to what it takes to become an ultra trail runner and especially to go on ultra trail running adventures, which I wanna I wanna get straight into it. I wanna start with Summit SA, guys, because I think that's it's pretty much what we spent quite a lot of time me and Davey with you guys where I first met Jordy where I fell in love with the with the beautiful long locks <laughs> that he had I was like watching this how 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 tall are you 185 one how heavy are you 85 80 that's not that heavy but th- this this very tall quite large human being just galloping through the, <laughs> through, the through, through the mountains <laughs> for 200 and how many how far? 270? 270 yeah. kilometers. Over, over how many days? It was over three days. So, Andrew, tell us a little about <laughs> this this mission that you guys decided to go on. Oh, it was a pretty cool concept put together by a mate, uh, Matt Tavata. He basically just showed up and said, well, I've got this idea and I've got a couple of mates and I want to do it with you guys. Are you keen? Let's run from the lowest points in the country, sea points, to the highest points in the country. Sea point. Oh, sea level. Sea level. Not to be confused with Cape Town Sea Point. Yeah, it's a little bit further. Moses Mabita. Yeah, Moses Mabita. Your feet were in the water. In the water. Started there. It was supposed to be four of us, but unfortunately, one of the guys, Michael Baker, got COVID, I think, the week before. Yeah. So he couldn't run with us, but he was there. And Baker's a very hard hard endurance athlete and I think you guys had a doctor rule him out and, and what when Michael refused it hey he, he didn't want to no no I think he, he was pretty smart so I think he he knew he couldn't couldn't do the run okay so but I mean he's tough as nails I think he's one of the the hardest oaks I know he just enjoys suffering just to see how much he, he can does enjoy suffer. it hey, yeah yeah it's almost, you, yeah strange you've been in the mountains with him it's like <laughs> minus three and he's in shorts and a t-shirt so you know yeah. ask him if he wants to put some clothes on he's like nah I just want to see if I can deal with this <laughs> harder yeah. the tougher that man yeah. just digs in deep <laughs> yeah. well that, that's definitely someone we better get onto the show as well hey definitely yeah <laughs> talk, talk us about the the whole process of deciding okay we're going to run from from the lowest point of the country to the highest point in the country being Mafadi Peak how how high is that sure 3500 3500 no no 3450 <laughs> This um, is one of the craziest. This is a very, this is insane. Stupid. I mean, being part of it on, on some of it, uh, it, it was it was crazy and uh, I will definitely get more into it. But I want to go backtrack a little bit. How do you start even planning for something like that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of planning that goes into it. And I mean, what are, what are sort of things that you're looking for in terms of a support team, even uh, root gardens and, and the whole lot of just th- the process? I think one of the cool things about getting Matt putting it together, so he put the whole route together. But Matt himself wasn't really a a endurance athlete, was he? No, I mean, he's done a fair amount of running. Um, I think he ran up in Swaziland. Um, He did, I think, a six-day run up there. Um, (laughs) He's done a fair amount of running. And I think him getting the whole thing together, you know, we come from KZN. We've got a pretty good idea of where the roads go. He just looked at Google google earth and just said well let's stay off the roads let's run these trails and just took us wherever he wanted to and it would definitely wouldn't have been the route that i think i would have chosen no yeah so matt doesn't like running on the road at all <laughs> so he just sat there on google earth he loves google earth and just plots 
very tediously each little segment. He just like zooms in, sees if there's a, a track, and just plots it along. But but might I ask, wasn't that one of the most challenging parts about the run? Because when Nick and I were with you, <laughs> you weren't exactly <laughs> sure of where to go, like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, but I think it was quite tough because um, yeah. Matt just pretty much said to us, he he unfortunately had to pull out <laughs> at the beginning of day two, um, and he just said to us, guys, just believe that there is a trail like i've zoomed in there is one somewhere <laughs> I saw there. It. Like, just follow even it. if follow you have it. to go through the farmer's front door yes, whilst he's holding a shotgun push through yeah i mean we jumped over some a serious number of fences and rivers mm. i mean it really wasn't a run as much as just a plan on adventure yeah, so, so, like, so, uh, so here's a disclaimer guys so if you are wanting to do an adventure of the sort please make sure that you you do get the right type of advice when it comes to root gardens and breaking an entry because that that is quite <laughs> something that we definitely don't advocate but we did do a bit of that didn't but we? also and <laughs> andrew and uh andrew will share with you guys the gpx file <laughs> if, if you want to go go that route yeah yeah i'll highlight the areas that could be dangerous though. Yes. we only figured that out when we were on going, the property on the property yeah. trying to duck past the windows yeah. yeah hearing the chainsaws going off and you're <laughs> yeah. thinking oh we're in trouble here boys but i mean okay so you got this idea you put a plan on paper you've got a route now obviously the the support team behind something like that is fundamental to the whole process you would you have been able to do something like that self-supported probably but i mean would have been a hell of a much more difficult yeah hey? definitely wouldn't have been as much fun eh? yeah. i think for me the whole mission just really came together with the support like you guys came ran sections with us we had joe kepler came out uh, we had a whole lot of sponsors um, and they had guys out there busy supporting us, making coffee. It was actually It wild. was a vibe, eh? Yeah. It really was. That, that is, I think, what makes the adventure, right? It's the people that you share that adventure with. And obviously, the fact that it was something so so cool, as, especially as going from lowest point to the highest point through yeah. really beautiful terrain, I think really brought everyone together. And in the end, you guys did it in how many hours? I'm gonna go to Geordie on that one. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Quickly do some maths. It was long. <laughs> was it like so six? It was, so we did 17, 16 hours both days, the first and the second. I think, I think it was in the region of about fifty-three hours. Yeah, only fifty-three. Maybe a bit more. I don't know. We we can double check. Okay, that. so that was the Sea to Summit <laughs> record. Now that record has has been broken, right? Someone yeah. else has gone and done. Did they did they follow a similar route or did they run the roads? Eh? No. So Matt Dove actually went and gave it a go. I chatted to him before he did it, and he basically just said he's going to go as fast as possible and chose a lot of road running to do that. But at the same time, he didn't stop. We were had curfews. Uh, we had quite a few sponsors oh, on yeah. board, so we we would make sure that we off the road by eleven and only back on by I think it was four. Um, that was proper COVID times. Yeah, yeah. Which so. which probably made it even a, even a bit harder because you got that stop start. You know, you you're on a roll. You're running. I mean, endurance running. Andrew, you're used to it with you know your hundred milers where you you push through and getting it getting it all over. You know, as quickly as possible, rather than having to stop your run, be forced to get off the roads, take that break where you might not have actually needed that break, and then get going again. You know, must have been the hardest part, especially on day three. I mean. Yeah. When I saw you guys on the start of day three, and you had to be taken back to the gate Giant. of Giants Castle, and it, was, it, it looked pretty awful. Yeah. Um, so whilst you probably you know needed some of those breaks, maybe a bit too long. Yeah, I think that that uh, day three was pretty tough. Jordi and I, we we had to make a decision when we ran up to the gates if we were going to run the last about ten, <laughs> seven k's. It was think. about seven k's, and it was it's a hilly seven k's. Yeah, yeah. From the from the gate to the accommodation, <laughs> straight up. 
and we knew when we got up first thing in the morning no one else was going to join us it was just going to be him and i we we're going to go back down to the gate start there and run back to the accommodation again it was just a bit of a mental because i think painting a picture for people you know you think okay well you're climbing three thousand meters to the top of the highest point in africa in south africa but you know essentially you're running through the midlands area which is undulating up and down you then get into like the base of the berg which is undulating up and down so now you're talking about getting to literally the base of where actually the real climbing then begins yeah. so you've done two and a bit days now of just undulating running and now now the hike starts now the hike yeah. the power hike and up and the mountain and, and, and actually starts. And nick and i have tried to hike up my <laughs> I've tried to do it twice now, I think. Davies failed twice. I failed <laughs> twice. And that's like starting at the pace. <laughs> so without the 200Ks. Without the that. 200Ks. But, but okay, so talk us through day one. Obviously, I mean, you guys start in Durban, like, and, and it's such a transition. You go from, you know, urban, straight through the city, Peter Maritzburg, and then you get to the mountains. So, so talk us through day one and how was that? So day one was the only real road we encountered. So it was the 20 kilometers outside running from Moses Mabida Stadium over Marion Hill um, toll bridge. And then we went into Giba Gorge. And from okay. there, we didn't really touch much road again after day one. Matt plotted us <laughs> deep into. <laughs> so, I mean, the obvious route most people would think is you run from Durban to Peter Maritzburg yes. on the Comrades route. Yeah, Comrades. Um, but we took the opposite side of the highway and we <laughs> stuck into into all the valleys and gorges and all, all for the adventure all for the adventure okay <laughs> sugarcane <laughs> fields and so day one how many kilometers did you put behind you 107 the first 107 <laughs> and everybody was feeling good at the end no i mean you can't so i think uh the spirits were high spirits you know, were high yeah. i think matt matt was a little bit sore i th don't think he realized the climb between maritzburg mm -hmm. and hilton um, I think that That's there was misty worthy. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a wake up call for him, and uh, I think by the end of day one, he was actually really hurting. And and Jordy, what was because sorry, Andrew, you're an elite, you know, ultra distance runner. So I'm 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 very interested in, in Jordy because how what what was the furthest distance you had covered before this? Just the comrades previously in so, twenty so ninety. So so first day you did one hundred and seven. What was going through your mind? I just knew that I just needed to stick with Andrew. <laughs> I knew that I knew that he had the experience and the expertise. I just had to stick to him. And <laughs> and Andrew, what was going through your mind? It was actually quite funny because coming into the end of day one, uh, we had Baker in the car busy playing loud music and screaming and shouting. And he was like, all right, let's see who can throw down the fastest kilometers. <laughs> and Jordy was just like hanging there. I was like, geez, man, I thought the circuit only run a comrades before, yeah. but he's just not giving up. That I was, I was just shake as shocked as you guys. <laughs> okay, so day one ends, you guys, you guys, um, set up camp for the night you you have some sleep you wake up at what time day two 4 a.m it was three yeah yeah it was about hoppers two three so we don't two. actually get very much sleep we yeah, have to we try to start running by four so we yeah okay okay so then and then day two you started from where just, just outside of Howick, eh? yeah just, just that guest house that we stayed at i can't remember the name sadara or what's that no no it's outside of midmar uh, just outside midmar Okay, so um, then on 107 k's you guys start now. Now you push through day two, arguably one of the biggest days, because now you're going, you're getting towards the Drakensberg. A huge day ahead of you. Nick and I met you at what? At what time? Roughly. It was 160 k's in. 160 that's when we k's met in. Them, and they were they were <laughs> on dirt roads and about to hit the the proper trails where it was completely unknown what was coming our way. Yeah, we had basically. I think Matt had just plotted like a route straight up the mountain, um, yeah. and we met you guys in uh, what's that valley called? 
I'm not too uh, sure. Cam, Camburg Valley. Camburg Valley. Camburg Valley. And we had basically just bumped into all the people that live there who just told us you can't you go can't through go our valley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I remember that. There was a chef that was yeah. like, you cannot go uh, through you here. Cannot like, you cannot pass. You cannot pass. not pass. So we drove just <laughs> behind the corner and then went around the yeah. house and through the, through the, through the farm anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, spirits spirits from, from our side, when Nick and I saw you, we, we had very high spirits. We were very excited. But you guys on 167Ks getting to us, you must have felt knackered. Jordi... Surely you were... Some good food was keeping us going. Okay. We had some, some awesome stuff along the way. Um, I think every 20 kilometers we had kind of seen people along the way and um, had some croissants and <laughs> tasty snacks. And everything kind of just gets broken down. I mean, we, we had like so many people along the way that were meeting us. So like Nadia joined us for a run just before that. Jordi's dad joined us for a run just before that. So people were just like joining us for sections. Yeah. And it's just a completely like new run because there's new conversations okay. and new energy. Yeah. So and at 167Ks, you guys are still, everything's going good. You've obviously lost Matt now because Matt is, is pulled out. He's, it, it was injury, hey? Yeah, he's shin, like he's shin. Okay. So it was just the two of you. And Andrew, you had said that you were not going to continue if anyone else drops out. Um, and that was just Geordie left. Yeah, Geordie left. So the original agreement was that uh, we don't really want to finish the summit by ourselves. Yeah. Um, so we have to try and drag someone along with us. The idea is to just not try to shake them off. And Geordie, you were that, you were that <laughs> donkey that was being dragged along. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was not being dragged along. <laughs> I remember when we joined and I got told this news. I was like, they're not going to finish if it's just one of them. And I was like, over my dead body. <laughs> so I was just fixated on Geordie. I was like, are you Could okay? Every two minutes, are you okay, my boy? Like when, when you would go over some like pretty sketchy crossings, I, I'd like, cause you're a tall human being and you look quite clumsy, <laughs> right? And like, if you're gonna hit the ground, you're gonna hit the ground hard. So I think everybody was like really focusing on you. <laughs> But you just ran so nicely. It was it was really impressive to watch. Yeah, it was really great having your guys' energy and Joe Kepler joined as well. And yeah. it was it, it, it changes the run completely when you've got a whole bunch of people with you and I think that Dave, was one Davey, of the, you were doing circles around us. You were you were like <laughs> spinning around I'm, us. I'm like glad you said that, because that's what he does all the time. He still does that right now. Yeah. It doesn't matter where he's doing it, eh? I remember you like running and <laughs> over like a berm over the one trail and like flick flacking over the side and yes, yes, it was yes. great just seeing like that energy that and you, energy. you feed off that um, yeah. as runners we quite social creatures i think and just being around oh, it, it was such a it was such an honor to be part of of something like that and you know i, I remember the entire journey so vividly because i think it was it, it was, was your, it was your longest run as well Yes, I think I ended up doing like 70 or something. So <laughs> Against his coach's orders. Eh? Against my I coach's told him, pull him off the ride. Pull him <laughs> off the ride. Over my dead body. I, I was know, going straight to my body with him. Yeah, one of the greatest things for me was um, I, I, I dropped you guys off because uh, my wife, Leah, she can't drive at night time. So I was, I was, busy, I was busy driving and um, I came back to find you guys and you were coming up the hill to... The, the gate of Castle uh, Giants, Giants Castle Resort. <laughs> I know, and you and you guys just looked like such a solid team of runners. This is in the pitch blackness of the night. I'm sure and Andrew was actually dropping some like 350 kilometers. These were, coming down you the guys hill. were flying. You were absolutely <laughs> going like sub five minutes a k up a hill as a group of like five or six runners. It just looked so mightily impressive, and you were in such a rhythm. I came through. I was pumping the tunes. That was that was one of my highlights. Mm. Just not even 
even being on the road, but being next to you guys and feeding off of that energy. Yeah, it was an epic experience. Yeah, and I and then when we came through that uh, that one of those townships in, in the evening, <laughs> yeah. and that's when things like got a bit hairy at the There's end. Some like, bodies going on there. I think it was like nine nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Mm. Oh, and also we were racing against the clock to get to the gate, the gate because the gate closed at eleven. So now everybody's looking at their watches. That's when the pace increased. Yeah. But now you're also going through those townships and there's a party going on there. Eh? And you're running through these these areas and people are walking around carrying their black labels, having a good time. And they're looking at us like, what are these people doing and here? And what is going on? Yeah, we felt quite out of place. Yeah, I think that uh, running through that section with you guys is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole run. And I remember coming up the one hill and uh, every now and then we'd say, okay, have a bit of a walk, have a bit of a walk. <laughs> and we were coming up the one hill and we were pushing, it was pretty close to four minutes a K, I yeah. think. And, uh, and old Davey looks at both of us, he like runs up just ahead of us and he looks at us, he's like, okay, who's going to call it? And we're like, Who, who's going to call what? He's like, I'll walk. Who's going to call the walk? And we're like, no, at that no, point I was done. There's no walking here, bro. <laughs> and he was just finished. Davy, um, yeah, got thrown in the deep end. And again, like Georgie said, against his uh, coach's orders, uh, decided to continue with the 70, the 70K 70 run. I think it came back to bite you a little bit the next day. but in, Big time. <laughs> in terms of the, the next day, that's the day that we sort of, we helped a little bit getting you guys to Bannerman's hut. Uh, that's a little bit of the climb. There was still most of the climbing Jeez, left. Yeah. And I mean, I just remember Geordie, on on his uh yes, you always had uh, a smile on your face yeah, dude. that, that was the crazy thing he was just always with a smile on his face having the greatest time <laughs> anytime you asked him geordie how you doing i'm doing fantastic i I'm, woke yeah, up just, feeling so uh, grumpy <laughs> just the power of the mind of this man was 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 incredible because I, I mean we could clearly see that you you were in pain i mean you, when you were standing you had to lock your legs because you i'm sure if you had to keep them bent they wouldn't hold you up but it was just amazing but how was that last day for you guys because you know the mountains there. You can see it. You and it's amazing. Distance sort of blurs a little bit when you're in the mountains. You, it's quite amazing to see how far you actually cover when you're going through those those little dog legs in the mountains. So, how was that last day for you guys? Honestly, were you tired? Were the, you tired? The last day was the hardest day yeah. for sure. Um, I think early on, I actually was starting to get a bit of heat stroke. I put some longers on <laughs> thinking yeah, that it... Dude, I have the funniest picture of you sitting on the mountain wearing your reflective sunglasses. Your your hair is blowing in the wind and you've already done like 200 and something Ks and you just look as fresh as a daisy somehow. Yeah, but, the, but I mean, I think the looks are <laughs> deceiving. So early on, before we just got to Bannerman's, I think I was overheating for sure. I, I did feel like. So I had to strip off some clothes and then after that, then the climbing felt easier but the... Well, the, uh, the hardest part was the way down for sure. So, I mean, you get to the top of the peak and that's the mission kind of done, but you have back. Okay, but so we left you guys at Bannerman's Hut, right? And from Bannerman's Hut, it's what, like 10, 15 Ks? No, I think it was a bit further than 20, that. Was, yeah, it was about 20 or 22. 20 Ks. Okay, so that's where, that's where the story ends for Nick and I. So I want to hear it from you guys. Talk to me about yeah. that final last stretch, the final 20Ks. Well, I mean, I, I really couldn't complain. Every time I look back, I wanted to see if Geordie was good. I said, Geordie, how are you, bro? And he'd be like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> no, Geordie, you, you can't complain. <laughs> eh? Like, as sore as you are, if you look back at Geordie and he's just smiling and laughing and loving it, like, it just, yeah, it was great, actually. It, I mean, we're obviously tired. We but the carrot was dangling right there. You, yeah. you knew you were going to make it, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we were, I think we were pretty worried about the way down because if we got up there too late, yeah. then we'd have to come down the mountain. Who cares, the bro? You're up. Just stay there. 
Yeah. Helicopter. That's, that's, see, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be thinking about how you're getting down. Like getting up, that, that's, that's the end goal. Yeah, yeah. Until you're thinking of coming down in the freezing cold. Yeah, this uh, is true. This but, is true. But we got a fresh laugh of some new support crew that joined us on that, yes. on that third day. And that was also phenomenal help. They had snacks and drinks and lots of energy to, to share with us. So, they were f- so would, you, would you say one yeah. of the biggest helps about something like this is the support and, and feeding off other people's energy? If you were doing that on your own, do you think you would just get into that you know, negative mental space and not have somebody to you know, pull you out of it? Or? I think with, with having more people around, especially new support crew along the way, it feels like you can push harder because you've got that extra protection of people around you. I think it's sometimes harder to push when you're just by yourself. But when you've got more around you, it feels like you can actually push to a deeper mm. point because they're there, they've, they've got help, they've got energy. And maybe you're being held accountable by other people mm. instead of just if you're on your own, sitting on your ass, like I wanted to do this morning at our <laughs> track session <laughs> and Nick told me I couldn't. Yeah, but okay, so, so Jordy, you, you obviously respond well to you know, support from other people. Andrew, you're quite a, a lone wolf, maybe. Do, do you think you would be okay? Because, I mean, you're used to doing, you know, long stretches on your own with, like, minimal support. So for you, is that something that really drives you or are you are you happy just to, like, you know, be in your own headspace? I mean, I do enjoy being in my own headspace, but I don't think that uh, for 200 and <laughs> odd Ks by yourself on long roads is, is fun. I think um, I chatted to Matt Dove after he did his his uh, run. Yeah, I believe and it was about 41 hours is uh, the FKT. Yeah. He did it on his own. Yeah. Um, I think he had people that joined him along the way, but for very small sections. So very like he ran a lot by himself. And he just said if he really knew how tough it was, he, he wouldn't have actually done it. <laughs> how so did he not know? Well, I mean, do, I mean, what doesn't sound tough about it, though? You all, I mean... It's like any long run. You're going to go around a hundred miler. You think to yourself, yeah, it's going to be tough. But when you're actually out there, then <laughs> when, when it gets tough, then you realize how tough it can get. Well, well that's what we were, uh, we were chatting to Linda Doak a couple of weeks ago. And that's sort of what I was trying to say is, you know, it's far. You know, 160 Ks is far. You know, 200, 300. It's, but it, it is just numbers until you are actually on that road. And now you are feeling your legs broken. 100Ks done, still 200Ks to go or 150Ks to go. Like that plays up in your mind. So it's constantly trying to put that negative energy behind you. And I think that's where, you know, having that support crew, all these positive vibes, the high energy people coming around, really motivating you. And you don't end up thinking about the negative side. And like Andrew said earlier, you know, you're sort of breaking it down to little sections goal by goal i'm going to see this individual in 10ks or we're going to see these people in 15ks like before you know it you've covered 150ks and i think that's the way to go about you know doing these these adventures or these missions because to paint a picture mafadi peak isn't this beautiful yeah. like hmm. pinnacle well, of a mountain you where say that but you've, you've never been there i've seen photos i've seen <laughs> photos and i've heard stories i've have heard you, stories Davey? have you yeah. I, I, well, I'm not trying to paint a picture. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'll, I, I I'll want, paint a picture once I've seen it. I want them to paint the picture. Paint, uh, then paint the picture. Okay. Oh, Tell us. M- Mufadi is just really a flat rock in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with, a, with a couple of stones what on the a top. Bloody, so you don't like get you don't, to the, you don't like one hand in front of the other and like get to the top and pull yourself up and you're like, yes, I'm here. Definitely not. Damn it's it. definitely not lying <laughs> of the rock. <laughs> there's very little. I don't want to go anymore. There's very little view that you get. From the from the peak, because that Lesotho area as well is just like a high plateau. You look and you're like, 
Well, there's, there's higher stuff like all into the distance. And this is South Africa, right? So we're defining the highest pinnacle in South Africa. But obviously the, the border with the Sutu. So when you get there, do you look in the distance and there's just higher ones? Yeah, yeah, they're definitely higher. So peaks. why didn't you go climb those? Because yeah, not, that's not part of <laughs> that's our That's not country, the point, yeah. yeah no, that, wasn't okay. the, that wasn't the point okay. of the mission. But maybe that's where the mission needs to go, you know, sea to summit Africa. Where, where would that start? And is that something that you guys chatted about? Jordi, are you in? Yes. So that has been discussed before. So we... Africa. Africa. Africa, Africa. Africa. Like the whole real of Africa. Africa. Well, you start at the lowest point, so by the sea, somewhere, somewhere in Kenya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kilimanjaro. Or Tanzania. Yeah. And you make your way up to the top of Kilimanjaro. That's it, yeah. So that's the, that, that's the plan. So Matt is... I'm sure you'll be listening yeah. to this start at some point. I hope he you start in the in sea... Well, at sea point, at sea, le- at sea, sea level, at sea level. Sea Andrew sea really sea wants to start at sea point. Sea eh? Well, it gets right. a bit technical because there's a few craters in Africa that are actually below sea level. Oh. So, so you're gonna you have to touch do that. that. Actually, oh, there you go. But it actually, some of those craters are in the African Rift Valley, which makes it almost closer to Kilimanjaro. So, you could actually do that. So that it has been a thought that's crossed our mind. <laughs> but we would like to try a few. Sea to sea to summits in a few other countries. <coughs> Namibia was on our list earlier this year. Can I make an observation? W- would you maybe like invite other people next time? 100%. <laughs> well, well, it, it's always hard because we didn't come up with the concept. So it wasn't, we couldn't just show up and be like, cool, we've invited another five people. Why not? Gonna why come why don't run. you just get like 50 people? Also, how do you know that the people you're inviting are actually capable of going 250, does it, 300 doesn't, Ks? Doesn't, doesn't matter. You can drop off after 10. Well, I mean, we invited you. You got to do 70 Ks. Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying I want to come. Oh, I, that's oh, that's oh. silly. I'll come for the last 10Ks. <laughs> so, so you guys have discussed and you, you do want to do more sea to summits. That has been on the on, on the yeah. cards. Yeah. But I mean, apart from that, you guys have, have still been pretty busy doing uh, some some crazy ultra distance stuff. Yeah, we've had, to, yeah, we've had to stay I mean, fit. Keep the legs, keep the legs <laughs> going. when the next uh, mission comes <laughs> along. Ready for the next call up. So yeah. Andrew, what, what have you been keeping yourself busy with? Uh, I recently did uh, Carcliffe 100 miler. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about the, the 100 miler that you, how many times have you podiumed in that 100 miler? Four times, I think. Yeah. Okay. Three, three seconds and a third. Eh? Three yeah. seconds and a third. So yeah. this, this time was the third. Yes. What happened? Do you think that carbon fiber shoes can make a difference in your running speed? You should try Cool Ideas Fiber Internet Solutions for your home or business. They're fast, effective, and take the podium for the best customer service in the game. Everything went really well. Training went really well. <laughs> Everything went really great. well. Until, until about 134 kilometers, I think. Eh? Jeez. And then yeah. things fell apart miserably. Is that like the equivalent of, of like 30Ks in a marathon? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's when you hit the wall. Like, <laughs> 33. Uh, after uh, 134. You hit a proverbial wall and a physical <laughs> wall because I tell you, I was at Andrew at the time that he hit this wall and the climb that we were on was, was a proper climb. <laughs> eh? It was just steep, sandy, rocky, everything it could be. Andrew wasn't well. He wasn't talking any sense. He was he was leading at this stage and it was just, yo, I, I felt horrible because... You know, Andrew is probably one of the strongest people that we, me, me and Davey know. Like, here's the guy that's going to tell you to toughen up if you, you know, if, if, if there's ever a moment where there's that little voice creeping in the back of your head. He's done and it countless times to me before. Yeah. And he was the guy that was lying on the floor. Looking you know, for support. Looking for support. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm man enough for this so, guy. So, 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 <laughs> so, so, Jordi, have you heard what Nick decided to do? Nick, no. deci- Nick decided the best person to call in this scenario <laughs> is David. 
That, Nick, call me. That was a that was oh, uh, a bit of time after the after this very very dark area. Yeah, when so I phoned there you, more, there were more than one. Oh, there were plenty <laughs> dark <laughs> moments. <laughs> but I think a, a, an interesting fact is that you know Andrew was leading for a long time. He went through halfway in second, and then took over the first. No, he went through halfway first. Yeah. First, yeah. I mean, and we we I think we got to halfway together. Yeah, yeah. and then you you took off, and then you were in the lead, lone lead for like forty kilometers, and you were pulling away. I'd I'd been pacing Andrew, and you know it was a struggle, but you could see that you know second place was also struggling. So it was fair game, and eventually started to pull away a little bit, and then I left Andrew whilst his brother Stephen uh, paced him, and then when I saw Andrew again. It was like he had done a complete 180. He what, was did, what did your brother do to you? <laughs> he broke. He broke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going live on this podcast. And just so you guys know, Andrew has a twin brother, <laughs> Stephen. Yeah, so. That, that, that maybe Stephen feels a bit hard done by because Andrew has like, Andrew a, is a better runner at the moment. So maybe he, maybe he did something to you on that mountain that we don't know about. No, no. It's actually quite a funny thing because I think Steve knows me better than anyone in the world. And no one can get me pumped up like Steve and get me pumped up. So, <laughs> so I'm running and now call yeah, it that's a 120 Ks in and Steve's just like screaming and shouting. And, <laughs> so is that you, what you, you respond got to? You got this. <laughs> and, and I'm getting pumped and I'm running faster than I probably should. And he's getting more excited because <laughs> I'm running faster and everything's like great. Right. It was bad. We need to audit those. So, uh, so when those I saw bits. Andrew again, I was like, Yo, this guy, <laughs> it looks like he, and it was only like 15 Ks later. I was like, okay, this is, I saw the red flag starting, but then I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll go a little bit. And I could see this guy's now try, trying to dry heave. Like he's just, he's not having it. He's not having it. And now we get to this climb and I'm just like, oh, this is going to hurt. This guy I didn't even remember that there was going to be this climb because obviously he did it the opposite way and, uh, uh, at the beginning of the race well beginning so of the in race in my mind it was a really nice down it, it was very sharp <laughs> but it was also it was also night time right Yo, that yeah. and uh, that, that that hurts a lot and then obviously second place came past and third place came past and that hurt even more and this little batch the 16 kilometer block that I paced Andrew it was just over three hours just for 16 k's that's that's pretty slow for a guy that was running comfortably at 5.30 a K, comfortably, you know. So it was it was the lowest of lows. I think that's something that you just got to learn to deal with when it comes to ultra trails because there is going to be many, many difficult moments in your trail running career. Yeah, you haven't chosen a, a, an easy sport, my friend, or, or one that's even consistent at all. Like ultras are the most wildly inconsistent sport you can get. Like, Like how do you... I mean, there's no real person that dominates. But that's what makes it so cool, eh? is there's so many factors involved. Yeah. So, like, you show up on the day, and I think that's the cool thing about any race. You don't actually, you can put all the work in, but you don't know what you're going to get out of it. For so, sure. now with all these different factors involved, you've got to make sure your nutrition's right, your training's right. On the day, you are wearing the right shoes, that you're comfortable, you're not trying a new kit. So, there's just so much involved in running. And, and you know, from, from being a fly on the wall, I understand that nutrition is one of your weak points. Definitely, definitely. All right, all right. So so what is something that you're actively trying to do to improve that nutrition? Well, um, I mean, I don't actually know. I need to go see someone, uh, a specialist, I think. Um, I thought that I'd got it pinned down. My first car loop went really well. Uh, my nutrition was spot on. C- I ran Custard, my fast. Ultra mile. Yeah, ultra well, that, mile. I didn't even try that in the first one. That was That was last year. So definitely need to get nutrition rights. I think this year, if I got my nutrition rights, I could have gone at least two hours faster. Okay. 
And um, do you have another 100 miler lined up? Because I, I know you're also due for your second child now. Yeah, so no 100 milers lined up. I promised my wife I'm going to take a bit of a break. So we're going to do 50 milers. Yeah, yeah. So like anything <laughs> under 100. <laughs> but, but you're not done. You're coming back for vengeance. You, st- you still have um, a few good years left in you. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'd, I don't know that I'll do Karkloof again. I really love the race, but I don't want to be one of those people that just gets stuck on one race. Sure. There's so many cool uh, trail runs in the country. So, you know, I'd really like to try some of the other 100 milers, but it is going to be a few years before I can start training for those again properly. I, th- I think the rest will do you good. Uh, and I think I think you'll be back stronger. Jeez, ask Hank, he thinks that uh, rest causes rust, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I have to keep going, bro. I have to keep going. So what what's the pl- immediate plan then? You're just going to try and maintain some some baseline fitness and try not to get too injured yeah. and, uh, and uh, keep the body from rusting away. Yeah, I think over the next year I'll probably try to join uh, you with a couple of marathons. There we go. I think that'll That's be good fun. A few go. marathons. There yeah, we go. Yeah, some short, some short, been, short this stuff. This is what I've been telling you for years, my friend. Well, wait till you advance to ultra-distance trail running, Davey. Then we can chat. Now, we've had this discussion in previous podcasts as well. Davey's having none of trail running right now. But maybe stories Why? like, stories Why? like these. Did I asked you, you last weekend. I said, let's go. You said you don't like trail running. Davey got I a do victory. like trail running. Davey got a victory in trail running earlier this year yeah he yeah, did, he did. Oh. yeah yeah I'm, w- I'm actually wearing a shirt oh yeah yes. he even forgot oh, Davey's like looking I across at Jordy. I won something <laughs> and that yeah. was a pretty gnarly one yeah. I, I listened to you chat to Linda and you didn't even mention that you won that race you were like I yeah, forgot I'm until right now <laughs> Dave, Davey is such an ex like uh, he's got so many victories under his belt he's just like ah, I don't yeah, even yeah. remember but that 5k PB but that's that 5k PB guys yeah. let's, let's not talk about the trail running the tartan track <laughs> yeah the tartan track okay, but my 21k time now just so yeah. Jordy you also got uh, be, I've been keeping yourself busy with uh, with some crazy running uh, recently, what was that uh, backyard? Uh, <laughs> Next, like you've also got busy with some extreme stuff. What was it again? <laughs> no, I, I I know what it was. I wanted okay. to tell us. <laughs> yeah, it was a backyard ultra that kind of popped up. <laughs> I don't know on when. my radar oh, like just like two that. weeks before. Okay, it so what, what training had you been doing up, up until then? Mostly cycling. I was over <laughs> in the states for for two months, and I was just bicycling everywhere. It was just you just wake up and decide I'm going to do a. Something really stupid. Yeah, I did like a big cycle up the coast, like 300 k's, slept in the forest, and yeah. So that was. So, so that's, that's a different kind of adventure. Cycling kind of adventure. adventure. Yeah. We don't so talk about cycling. No, here. we don't. This is making, <laughs> making, a, making a run and not making. <laughs> making a cycle, please. <laughs> take your take your so stuff elsewhere. <laughs> so that had, that had been kind of keeping me busy, and then I saw this race. I, I usually like to surprise myself with races. I don't like to know that <laughs> I've got it coming. Like the week of guess what Jordy so, so it was right up my alley I saw this thing it was a, a last man standing race and you so that's you, you that's that, that is you me. so I might not be the fastest but I think I can pretty much keep going can keep those forever those bean poles straight as long as I, pretty much as long as I can keep breathing <laughs> I can, I can, so, so that's my belief. These are some bold statements. In fairness, you, you, my friend. We're going to test this. I'm going to test, test this, hey? <laughs> yeah, so it was in the in, in Puerta's Hill. at um, Which, for those that don't know, is a very, very, very hilly area. Yeah. Just before Pira Maritzburg, between Durban and Maritzburg. Is that on Strava? It's on Strava. It, is on Strava. it looks like I'm gonna chaos. Have go go so look at the Instagram. It's on his Instagram profile. So yeah, the, the rules of it was, it was a three-kilometer trail that you had to run every half an hour. So it doesn't sound very fast, but you had to, you started on a Friday at six o'clock and you had to just run this 3K loop. 
Um, a lot of there was a lot of walking at times, <laughs> and then power hiking. Yeah, elevation gain three thousand three hundred and sixty-four <laughs> meters. That is a, a crazy heat map that you got there, my friend. You must so, have got dizzy. <laughs> it was actually a really interesting trail, which kept things quite exciting. It wasn't boring by any stretch. It had been newly cut, actually, on this piece of land. So it was like pretty wild and forested. Did you win? I did win. Hey, yeah. look <laughs> at See, that. See, he also doesn't speak about did his you, win. You won. Yeah, well, I, I shared the, the victory in the end because so it kind of carried on going and um, there, was quite, there was about 60 people that started it. Most of them had dropped out by the Saturday afternoon, so it was like 16 hours in. And then there were about seven of us that had pretty good pedigree, running pedigree, and it was like quite tough jostling out, how is this all going to go? Are we going to run for like three days here? Are we, the, the thought was, are we running like 250 kilometers here, like the whole week? <laughs> <laughs> and my friend, I'm so, I'm so impressed. Yeah. I cannot tell you. That is absolutely insane. And you, I mean, you're a very inconsistent runner. I'm not going to lie. Like you, you, you just pop out of the woodworks every so often and do something crazy like this. So have you ever thought about, you know, I mean, taking it a bit more seriously? Actually training. Yeah. That's it, yeah. As soon as I find a coach. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I've been trying to talk <laughs> to the audience. Do you know of any coaches? No, oh. we, we don't know coaches. Do you know yeah. any? I know some very good coaches. I know. I know do you? Yeah. Okay. This we'll chat later. A, co- yeah. a coach should be able to enforce the athlete to, to do something. I'm looking I'm, for a change I'm in failing. coaches. I'm failing, yeah. <laughs> well, if you guys do have any good coaches, I'm, I'm up for any recommendations. <laughs> so, Jordi, I mean... Tell us, in terms of that experience, right, so at the end of it, you guys sort of looked into each other's eyes and realized, <laughs> yeah, this is going to carry on going. We we may as well call it quits now. We may as well just shake hands and, and, Share the victory. and, and end honorably because... There Where's was no the fun in that though? Where was your Where was your chias? Where was yeah. your I mean, I thought you could go forever. Yeah, my <laughs> and you just agreed with someone that you were going to finish together. He was an awesome guy, Ignatius. He's a he's a story in and okay. of himself. So, so did you rope him in here at some point? We, we're keen for that. Yeah. Did you Did you stop because of him? Be honest now. Who said first? Who was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually yeah. share this. Who's dark voice? The, yeah. the idea had been posited by, by Lloyd Satole earlier on in the, in the race. Blame stop, else. guys. I'm, I'm name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> Matt David dropped out earlier. He said, I don't want to run 200k. <laughs> <laughs> his his wife can, and child had come forever. along and I don't think they were like too were keen to keen. push through two nights. They were like, hey, that, you got to stop. Imagine being pulled out by your significant other. But that's the concept of uh, backyard ultra. It's a it's a different kind of crazy because I yeah, mean you there's know no finish line. There's no finish line. You're doing the same loop back to back. There's there's a bit of tactic involved in terms of do you run faster so you get more time to rest. But if you rest too long, then you st- stop starting, or do you mm-hmm. just sort of drop by? You walk three kilometers in ten in, in half an hour, and then you drop by, you pick up your stuff, and you just keep going. So there's a lot to it. It's like a completely different type of running event has it becomes seriously tactical actually because you could do that three k's in 20 minutes which a lot of guys were doing but and then having a longer rest but i didn't kind of think that you could rest adequately in 10 minutes to warrant going faster so i was often doing a 10 minute break if you finished in 20 so minutes you have half an hour yeah 10 half an minutes hour. before so if the you next finish in 20 start. you have 10 minutes i reckon davy would do this you'd probably run the three k's in nine minutes 
power nap. <laughs> 20 minute power nap. One minute to refuel and then you'll be back onto the road, eh? Well, that thought crossed my mind at some point. I was like, maybe I should just sprint it out, power nap a bit. But then I thought, it's probably not going to weigh up. So I was like often like scraping in at the very end. I was often the last finisher coming in at like 26, okay, but wait, 20 but, minutes. But you're, you're avoiding the question. Who was the first person to say, shall we stop? Because I want to hear this. <laughs> It's difficult to, to say. You can't remember. Just say, remember. I can't remember. Can't it remember. was deep into 24 hours of sleeplessness. But we were both very much on the same page. <laughs> you were very keen. Ignatius keen was to keen stop to if you are. <laughs> because it's quite strange. Because usually when you finish first in a race, you've got a lot of people behind you, a lot of spectators. Yeah, there's, no there's a lot of excitement. But when you finish these races... Yeah, last, there's no one everyone's there. gone. So, so did so you, did you share the prize money as well? We did. Yeah. Oh, so there was prize money. There was. It was oh, actually great. quite a big paycheck. Oh. Probably one of the bigger going around. Well, give give us the number. So no. it was, it was a, a 10 grand winning prize. Cheapers. And you couldn't do one more lap. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> for 10 grand. You said you can run for forever. Five grand. For an extra five grand if you just did another lap. Well, I'm sure Ignatius yeah. could have kept going as well. No, yeah, so I reckon yeah, you, you wanted to share the prize. You're, you're a good human being. You couldn't. Uh, you honestly, I don't think you could have taken the win for yourself. That's, I think, let's go with that. I mean. Yeah. Sometimes things shared in life that you bring yeah, you more joy. You, hey, no, like you fall asleep a, with a very happy heart rather than like a, a guy that's run like just a, almost just as long as you get nothing. I felt the exact it's same way at the finish line brutal. of North Coast North Coast Ultra when Nick and I said we were going to finish together. And then what happened? Baby blitzed me at the finish line. He just ran There's away. There's nothing better than victory, my friend. But it's, that's a different <laughs> race when you can show your speed. In this race, it get, there's no, no advantage to running because Ignatius was 100% faster than me. Yeah. Um, but he didn't. He couldn't really get that advantage because each new 30 minutes, you have to start <laughs> because at the you same can, point. You can and keep each, going forever. Each, each time Jordy would be there. <laughs> but now, Andrew, have you ever looked at a backyard ultra? I've actually done You've one. You've done one. one. You've yeah, done, yeah. done the cock so one. I did the Cockliffe one. Did you win it? No, I set I set a limit before I started of 120 k's, <laughs> and but it, it's actually a really cool concept, <laughs> eh? I mean, but I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have uh, come tight. Did first. you set the limit or did the wife set the limit? No, I set the limit. Oh, I okay. had uh, I think I had three or four weeks before I ran uh, UTD. How uh, far did you go? So 120 k's. He went 137. Yeah, I could have done more though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you two need to do a what, backyard ultra what together. I was thinking a really slight unique difference to that <laughs> would be that each lap had to be foster actually. Yeah. So then you would give it an incentive to foster athletes that to keep going. Yeah. So you got a, you got an so event there on your hands. Yeah. So use that five grand that you just won and set it up. I could. <laughs> <Find a trail. laughs> it's four, and at some point then when it gets to the last ten. Last 10 guys left in the race. Sprint finish. No. Fastest the the slowest of each lap then gets knocked out. So it becomes uh, a knockout. It actually becomes a race. Dude, so imagine dude. after Pe like... People would hang out to watch that, eh? Yeah. I think it would be amazing spectatorship. Yeah. Imagine after Hold 24 on, hours... Away all your secrets on, on air. You've got three people. Imagine you've got like Andrew, Nick and Davey like pushed their limits and now... Now we've got to like race. You've got to race. You, you're tired. You've got to push it. There's blood in the water. Any any race organizers <laughs> listening deep. to this, Geordie's actually already trademarked the the, the term, the, the the challenge, everything. So don't go stealing his idea. <laughs> Maybe you should you should propose that on the cruise ship and say we're going to do a backyard <laughs> ultra around this cruise ship. <laughs> laps yeah. and laps. Just keep and going. But um, guys, I want to get on to just chatting a couple more things. So first, I want to just ask Andrew about um, your, your favorite trail running experience 
that you, that you've had. I know I know there's a there's a lot because you've done a lot of different trails and a lot of different events. But if with the moment I say that, what sort of sticks out in in your mind? So I think definitely Sea uh, to Summit was one, uh, mainly just because of the group of people that we got to do it with and share it with. Like Jordi was saying, sharing stuff with people is is always a lot more special, and you get to like create memories and make friends, which was brilliant. Um, but I think my favorite trail race would probably be Fish River Canyon. Fish River um, Canyon. Yeah, it's just so far out there and not many people get to experience it. Uh, really, really beautiful run, 100 kilometer race. And yeah, I think um, I'd love to do that one again. And how, how, how did that go when you did, did it? Did you win it? <laughs> I didn't. I came second twice. Yeah, I've got a lot of seconds, bro. You don't like the gold, eh? <laughs> they say silver is more valuable than gold, eh? No, so <laughs> you sold a silver medal, man. You're selling those things in the sand, like. Uh, no, so my first year, my first year running there, I actually had such terrible luck. I got to the start line and my brother's GPS broke, and it's all self navigation. So him and I ended up running the whole race together, and AJ Carlitz won. Um, and the next year, I said I'd go back and try win it, and it was cooking hot. <laughs> and I just thought that if I keep going, I'll catch AJ, and he ended up beating me by over an hour. Jeez. So second year, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve, but yeah, happy with second. I so guess. you got to go Again. back there to win that event. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I hopefully think this time you won't come third. No, no, definitely. I'm tired of third. Hundred Ks. Maybe we'll go do that one. Fish River Canyon. <laughs> it's a very cool one. Yeah, I think. Wait, where is that? In uh, the Fish River Canyon, yeah, I know, yeah. but Namibia. like, where is that? Namibia. So Namibia. it's quite a mission to get there. You got to either fly to Cape Town, rent a car, and drive up, <laughs> or it's a 16-hour drive from here. And how much do they charge you to enter that race? <laughs> I don't even want to. Now we, uh, we've discussed this in previous it's podcasts. A lot. So it is expensive, it's a lot. but it's not the point. The point is you get to experience beautiful terrain and untouched areas and you, you get to spend a lot of time with yourself. I don't know how you would do just with your own inner demons. <laughs> Sorry, what, did you come first or second at North Coast Ultra? Bro, I helped you through many of those parts. Eh? There was, there was, I felt a little bit betrayed that you left me behind, but it's I fine. Should have shared the victory. It, it's fine. Yeah, I heard Nick didn't even know that you were going to run away. He just disappeared. He turned around, you were gone. No, they, like, I, what? I, I have to have a disclaimer. Davey did have the legs. Uh, there was the, the the guy that was ahead of us. He was busy slowing down, and I didn't manage to beat him. So it was like a pack I'm, of dogs on this, on this <laughs> guy, bro. We, I'm glad that Davey caught. We hunted him won. down. I thought that the the confidence would boost him though a little bit more. It, uh, clearly, didn't didn't even feature in his in his uh, years events yeah, calendar. He forgot doesn't, about it. Doesn't even think about it. Doesn't even highlight. Uh, there's no one at the finish line to even congratulate <laughs> me. I so. was there, bro. I was there. <laughs> Hey? Sorry, there yeah. was one person at the finish line. <laughs> and uh, Jordi, with, with regards to your experiences of, I, I know you've done a bit of time in uh, in deeper African countries, Ethiopia, Kenya. Kenya. Ah, jealous. T- tell us a little bit about those experiences and how how you perceived running in those areas. I mean, running is a universal language, but in those areas, it's it's a it's a different. Feel. It's Is a it religion. <laughs> exactly. So last year I went up to Kenya for three weeks. It was one of my dreams to kind of go up to those high altitude running towns of I-10 and Eldoret. And it was amazing. Um, running is so deeply rooted in their culture. But the way they run is quite different. They run in big groups. And it's uh, their, their, their team ethos around running is just phenomenal. Um, you'd never see a guy out by himself doing a run anywhere. And then you can kind of join their, their running groups. They often start very early in the morning, 
they've kind of got meeting places. So I was staying at a bed and breakfast and kind of was just told, <laughs> just go and meet these guys at, just this, go there. at the corner of this shop or something. And then I got there in the morning and there are these big groups of guys and you just say hello and kind of introduce yourself. And then you kind of just join in their running groups. And I'm, I'm reading <coughs> the book now. It's called Above Thin Air. Um, and it's a journalist that goes into Ethiopia and pretty much does well, what you did. Um, but he goes and, and lives with them and, and sort of studies the culture. But it is unbelievable how Ethiopia, and then I think Kenya is quite similar, but how you're saying it's, it's so deeply embedded in, in the entire culture and, and how it's just like second nature, totally different to you know the Western, Western world and how we all associate running um even though we we do do club runs and we have group runs but it must just be so different yeah they push them they push each other so hard i remember the one group one we 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 ran for you almost run in a formation and if you kind of fall outside of your formation you almost get pushed physically like back into (laughs) your place and like told to run faster (laughs) like in as gentle way as that can be done while you're running but they really bring out the best of each other by offering their best and by kind of investing themselves in your performance and in and your running. And lots of dirt roads. Lots of dirt roads. Very lots, lots of switchbacks. Yeah, lots of gravel, uneven gravel, lots of like really rocky. They wouldn't classify themselves as trail runners, but most of the stuff that they're doing it's is trail. trail. They ran through forests and all sorts of things. Um, oh man, we have to go. Yeah, it would be it would definitely be a dream to be able to attend one of those camps. But I mean, what are the conditions like in in those camps? So I mean, do you think that those athletes could benefit from better conditions and lead to better athletic performance? Yeah. So the, uh, the place I was staying at, most of them was, were living at in their own homes. Actually, um, there were a few sponsored teams like Adidas and Nike that had managers and and teams, and I didn't see their living areas. Okay, but. Um, I'm sure they were pretty good and they live very simply and very basically mm. and they don't crave anything more. They, they don't have high kind of expectations of, of what they need from, from their living quarters. They, um, That's what's made us soft. <laughs> we get used to living in, in the luxury. It becomes easy to give up. Yeah, yeah. You, need, you need to spend a weekend with Baker in the mountains. <laughs> I've actually asked to join him, but now I'm scared. You should I, I like camping in style. So. Uh, there's, no camp, there's no camping with Baker. <laughs> there's no sleeping no there's no sleeping he'll just run <laughs> but yeah. they've got tracks up in Kenya too Davey so okay. so that's also a key part of their training um, regimen is they do track sessions at least once a week oh yes oh yeah I've seen all the videos and of those track sessions yeah pretty impressive and yeah. the, the who-who of kind of running world yeah. is there, oh, there. Um, Kipchoge and that comes there with his team in their combis and this track is packed. I mean, I, they and the talent there must just be next. It's level. unreal just to sit back and watch these guys run. It's, it's. I mean, oh, once again, Nick, Nick and I did um, forty-five second intervals this morning, and I think Nick, you averaged out at like two forty-five. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to this conversation because those guys are running marathons at that I pace. I know, I know. It's so, it's yeah. It's crazy. Nah, it's, it's wrong to actually bring that up in this conversation. <laughs> just make me feel bad, Davey. But I, we I, was, actually, I was actually, it's, it's a good point that you bring up though because we were doing 45 second repeats today and in one of our previous es- episodes, we had Zakiti Nene, 400 meter specialist and he was like 45 seconds is like the goal mark you got to get below 45 seconds you can then identify as like an elite 400 meter sprinter and with every 
45 second uh, sprint that we were doing i was looking at that we were like okay that was 270 <laughs> meters that was 280 meters we would need to give zakiti more than like a 100 meter head start well we would have to have 120 meter head start sprint and the guy would probably still catch us and you'd hear that breathing coming up <laughs> it straight down be scary. it would be horrific so <laughs> there's different levels guys but yeah. i mean i think you know just sort of to tie everything back up to to end the conversation off there's there's the shorter stuff there's the fast stuff there's the middle distance there's the marathon distance you're then getting into the ultra trail distance you're getting into the crazy crazy ultra trail where there's no actual time limit or distance limit no you could go line. you could there's no finish line you, can you could just forever. keep going until someone gives up forever. and then there's crazy running adventures and i mean they all fit on on different levels there's different outcomes that you're trying to get out of them there's different reasons why people get into them but i mean what what would you guys define is a running adventure. What makes a running adventure? For me, it's community, yeah. So I reckon, you know, the thing that keeps me coming back to running is just joining the dolphins in the morning, doing the morning runs, but weekend runs, mountain missions with friends, um, oh, meeting people, meeting people at races. And, and there's such brilliant people out there that it's such a cool community. You meet people once at a race and you chat to them over and over. And before you know it, you're going for, for missions on weekends with yeah. them. So yeah, that's... That's awesome. And, and Jordi? I love it when you stick everything you need for the day <laughs> on your back. Um, and you just go. And you just go. So recently I did the mutter down in the Southern Berg <laughs> with Michael Baker, and it was phenomenal. That was definitely been my favorite trail experience um, outside of the, the Sea to Summit. And it's a 65K unsupported, un kind of marked course with no support tables or you got to have everything. So you just knowing that you're self-sufficient and you can do mm. this. And, and you've got to have everything for, the, for your yeah. day, for the whole like 10, 12 Sometimes hours. it's easier like that. Like even for just us go. with comrades, you end up like overthinking like so, so much. So sometimes it is easier and like a bit, a bit nicer knowing that whatever you got on you is that's what you've got. And you've got you to make a plan with that. It's yeah. also crazy to like know that your body can take you to these places where that, that for me, like, what that defines an adventure whether you hiking or walking in the mountains or going for an ultra trail like it's just it's amazing to see where the body can take you and what it can do and before you know it you look back and you're like shit i was actually all the way down there it's like the most incredible like feeling to know that your body is capable of doing that and that's what i think you know in terms of running that is something that running can do for for you the ability to just be able to get off and go and not have to worry about your fitness level or whether your legs are going to be able to hold up or whatever the, the case might be. I think that's why I, I love getting into adventures. Obviously the community element, that's, that's a key element, the people that you do it with and, you know, being, being able to be self-sufficient and just be out there. I think it all ties it in very nicely and, you know, that a lot of people get into running for, as I said, different reasons, the competitive side of it, but the community side of it, just being able to do cool shit. Like that's what it's about, really. Don't cuss on our show. No, we can. <laughs> we we got the censored uh, little logo. All right, yeah. guys. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you, Andrew. Thank you, George. We really, really enjoyed that. Pleasure. What a pr what what an awesome experience it was being out here with you guys. We'll have you back. Experience. We'll have you back when once you guys done the the sea to Africa. Yeah, we'd have to Once get up we've to a few more adventures it. to yeah. crack another Nadia. Yeah, maybe win a race. <laughs> <laughs> win a race, my boy. You're straight back on Monday morning. We'll have yes. you on. I'll uh, hold you to it. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.